All right. Hi, everybody. This is Charlie from the Thriving School Community Podcast. Today, we have Dr. Joetta Browning, who's a professor of pre-service teachers and much more, so much more, because I've been working with Joetta and we've been talking a lot about this issue in our schools. And we we both agree that we've got to start with our teachers. And so she's graciously allowed me to come in and speak with her students so that we can attack this from a, a preventative approach. So welcome, Dr. Browning. I'm so Thank glad you're you here. Thank you so much. Just call me Joetta. Okay. I know you're you're very good about that, but you've earned it. You've earned that title. You've done so much work. Can you give a little background about how you made it to where you are now, because you're in a really powerful position to help our new teachers. Yeah, my, my favorite job ever. I've, I've, this is my, I just finished my 35th year in education. Wow. I, I'm an NKU alum, so I started here um, 40 years ago as a um, math major and, and changed to math and education and um, did my student teaching in a local, you know, kind of a larger local district and worked there for 14 years and um, came, changed to some technology kind of things at another, another district where I was the director for technology. And I missed the teaching. I missed the interaction with the students. And uh, I taught math and computer programming. So um, I love math and I love getting the students to like it too, because it's not everyone's favorite. And so I started here at Northern um, in 2000, teaching part-time in the evenings, um, teaching developmental math. So those students who couldn't get that ACT score to go on to a you know, the college level math. So I, I did that from 2000 into 2016 and I had 29 years in K-12 and a full-time position came open here. So I started here full-time in 2016, developmental math coordinator. And uh, so I was in charge of the staff that taught the developmental math classes. I taught nine hours myself. And then um, the state decided that they didn't want developmental education anymore. They wanted them to do co-requisite. So I uh, believe it or not, I changed back to technology here at Northern and got to meet a lot of great people and advisors and um, still taught a couple math classes. And, and then this job opened up um, director for clinical placements in education here in the college. And I uh, have so many people I knew because I was in you know K-12 education for 29 years. And so um, I got the position and um, getting ready to start my second year as a director for clinical placements. And I love it. I love working with these pre-teachers. I teach a little uh, little intro math class uh, for five weeks and love that, you know, getting those elementary teachers to like the math. And <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Um, and I place all the students for admissions all the way up to student teaching. And then I work with a few student teachers myself each semester. And it's, it's just a joy. It's joy to see them excited. You know, I'm so excited after 35 years in. So I, I want to try to share that excitement with them. Well, you can tell, you can hear it in your voice, how much you actually love teaching and then like sharing those experiences with your students. So let's talk about that for a second. Why would you have mental health as a part of your teaching practice in a seminar when your background is math and technology? Why would yeah. you do that? Yeah. Well, you know, early on, I mean, I, I had a wonderful childhood, you know, I mean, I, my, my parents are still married. They're celebrating their 60th wedding you know, anniversary this year. Not that, you know, everything was perfect, but I had two great parents. I had two sisters, um, wonderful family life. And I can remember like my second year of teaching, I had a student and I was like, why don't you have your homework? And like, well, I was still out of my house last night and I stayed at the firehouse. And that was such an impact on me that someone would not allow their child to come home, <laughs> you know? And so just, you know, and, and you know, and Char Charlie, that was, you know, 40 years ago, you know, 35 mm -hmm. years ago. Um, 
And it's just something that's just gotten worse and worse with, you know, students with anxiety. Um, I know I heard a survey once that, that students would, if they could not do social media, they would be so much happier. Because I think that that really does have a, an effect on our students nowadays. Um, but even back then, you know, students were, were depressed, students had anxiety, and it just has gotten worse, especially with COVID and then coming at, back after COVID and not being in classrooms and having to work through that, being behind, which causes that more of that anxiety. And, and you know, I see it in my students here, you know, um, right. online and seeing them being anxious about that, you know, anxious about coming back to a classroom and doing that. So I think it's important that we give our students tools. You know, they're like you said in the meetings, they're not counselors. They don't have that degree, but there's some things they can do to help with that. And I sent you a message when I was reading some of the reports of, you know, our our supervisors going out to see those students and they were using the thumbs up, you know, and, <laughs> and they were so impressed with that. It's like, oh, I'm going to let Charlie know that they're actually Love using it. what they told her. So Love that it. was very exciting. And, uh, yeah. and those students who have some of that anxiety, they were just so excited to, for you to be there and to, and to hear some of that. So. I'm so glad because the whole idea is, and you know, my background is in education as well. I've been in education for 20 years. I saw that whole onboarding of the cell phones. I was right there with that whole, you know, too, you were there. And I saw that transition. I saw those students making those changes. And then, by the way, the educators, the ones in the room with them trying to mitigate that. And when you teach high school, because I was a high school teacher for 18 years, that was hard. It was hard to build the relationship with them while you're actually trying to manage their cell phone usage. And that was a big, that was a troubled time, actually. And yeah, right. And so if we just have some tools, some basic tools that we can still use to engage our students and still use to build those relationships, that is huge in just a better life experience overall, right? And so let's talk about what your students are experiencing as they're going into the classroom and actually having some teaching like the practicum experience. So what's going on with them? What are you seeing? And some of them actually, you know, they came from great homes. And, and so they're kind of shocked at times of this, you know, kind of issues that students are having, you know, from students in foster care, um, students being in grandparents, you know, homes instead of their moms and dads, um, drug addiction, parents in jail. Those are all things that are compounding, you know, our students' anxiety and depression. And I, I think some of them really didn't think about some of that, you know, um, and how that affects the students and, and how they learn. And um, some days they're not focused on that. So how can they focus them and pull them into the classroom? And uh, just want them to be able to kind of you know, process that before they get into a classroom and of their own classroom and, uh, and seeing, you know, how, how can I work that through? What are some techniques that I can use with this student whose mom just went to jail mm -hmm. and yeah. how can they, how can they help that and help that student to still learn and, and, and maybe get out of that, you know, all of that stuff that happens around them to better themselves and mm -hmm. um, help with that. So how do you feel about uh, their confidence level. Like, what are you seeing when they actually do have some tools that they know to respond with versus having nothing that they that they know to do with these yeah. students who are struggling? Like, what's yeah. the difference? It, it's a huge difference. You know, them. Uh, I know that you know you've been here a couple semesters, and when I do a survey about the seminars, that's the first one that comes up. This one was so handy. Yeah. I I use some of those techniques, you know, with my with my students and in my student teaching, and. Awesome. Um, 
I haven't talked to the, you know, I know you came to the missions classes, you know, some of those are, they're not in the, in the classroom that much. They don't interact with kids as much, you know, they're just in there a few hours a week, but um, I know my students were very grateful for having that and having that, that tool, you know, your, your uh, notebook, your little uh, worksheets that you gave them and, and, uh, and how they can then use those to help those students. Because a lot of times, you know, they're working in small groups and those kind of things in the classroom um, before, even before they take over with doing any of the teaching. And so I think it helps them to say, okay, well, let's just take a little reset here, you know. Um, and I've, I've talked to several students who have used some of those techniques and have been very grateful uh, to learn those. That is so nice to hear. Honestly, we sometimes we get some immediate feedback, um, but sometimes we don't hear about those conversations. So it's really nice to know that that's actually being utilized and so valuable for them. And to be honest, I know it is because I was there. I wish I had that. I wish I knew. And some of the training I got, um, I had little pieces of it along the way. And I, and when I would utilize it in my classroom, number one, a lot of time it took more prep, more planning, and it was too difficult to actually see that through what I had learned. Um, or the other, and I, I didn't understand how I could, I didn't really know how to apply it. So that's what I'm feeling is like, if we just have these tools to infuse them into their daily practice, if they're just so simple to try like that, that's really good feedback. So let's, let's talk about this for a minute then. It sounds like we need more programming for students before they go into the classroom full-time, right? Before they take over, especially what we know in education now. So how do you see that in the future playing out maybe in the college level then? I, I'm hoping that we can, you know, do part of that in like that pro one and pro two where, you know, they're in classrooms three hours a week. Um, they're pro one, they're in um, the two semesters before student teaching. And so they're in there, they're, they actually team teach. Um, Pro 2, they team teach at the elementary, so they have another partner in there, uh, but it would be good for them to be able to, and I know they do some seminars at the beginning. I did the um, secondary Pro 2, and I shared some of those techniques with them uh, before they headed out to the high school level, because, you know, they needed it in the high school level. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. You know, kind of so I think it would be good to get in there and just, you know, share some of those kind of techniques with them. What do they look for, you know? Um, what kind of things are, are, are like the things that pop up that they should be aware of and say, oh, I think I need to, you know, send them to the counselor. I need to have a conversation with them. Um, what are some of those things to look for? And um, then after I see it, what can I do with it? Right, right. And when you're talking with your students, are you hearing them say that they have good communication with the mental health team, the social workers, the school counselors on site? Or are you hearing that there are gaps or what are you hearing? Um, a little bit of gaps because there aren't enough of them in the schools. Yeah, I know. Um, and, and I can, and I can remember when you kind of switched from, you know, a lot, a lot of the inner city schools, you switched from a counselor to a social worker. Right. In, 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 in the schools. And uh, that's, you know, that's kind of big. I know um, the last district I was at, they hired somebody and they had her several years for a grant and then the grant went away and, you know, they couldn't keep her. So, you know, um, it's needed, but there isn't always the funds to do it. Well, that's what's, that's, what's so tough. And then these counselors make these relationships with these kids. And if they can't stick around, that's just one more adult letting them down and not on purpose, but you know, who's always going to be there pretty much. I mean, are those teachers, those teachers are there, right? And so if we could just utilize them better, they can be a part of the mental health team as informants or just to keep them in the classroom. So they don't lose more learning and, and all of that. So is it feasible to create programming around this in these, in our schools? I mean, like college level, is it possible? 
I, you know, it's, we, we have a very tight program, especially in, um, in the middle grades where they actually do two subjects and in the high school, they actually are double major. So it's kind of hard to get something else in there. That's why I think it needs to be put in there in in some already created classes, you know, for that. Um, I know that in, in also special ed, they almost have to go an extra semester to get, you know, all of their classes in and everything, but, you know, always looking at ways to get that stuff in there for sure. Well, and let's think about that for a second too. So if we're adding an extra semester for special ed and we know about ACEs, we know about trauma, we know about stress and how it shows up and, and we know about how ADHD sometimes looks like anxiety or it looks like trauma and vice versa. Right. And so does it now make sense to add an extra semester so that, you know, all kids kind of have a special need to make sure that we kind of make that space for them. That's safer. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Is that, is that even feasible? Yeah. I don't, I don't know that it's feasible just because they, you know, we don't want to add more money. We, we all have heard the things about, you know, college education costing so much, and <laughs> yeah. especially for teachers who, I mean, my first year I got paid $12,000, you know, oh my gosh. I know, but, um, right. you know, I, I think getting it in, in play, in, in embedded in some other classes, I think would be, would be great. It maybe it's part of classroom management, you know, maybe it's because, you know, kids act out, but why are they acting out? You know, maybe it's part, you know, it's, part of that class and part of, um, you know, some other pieces, some part of the, you know, part of the seminar for pro one is part of the seminar for pro two. Um, I think it's important for them to at least hear some of those words and, and what can I do to help um, facilitate that? And, you know, when do I need to make sure that they are going off to the counselor? Yeah, that's a great idea. And even like you said, even if they just have an awareness and then they can just pay better attention and then even do some learning on their own, or maybe the districts are now really supportive of mental health learning, but we're all, I mean, there's always constraints with funding. There's always constraints with scheduling. So let's talk about overwhelm with your students. All right. What are they hearing from the teachers that they're working with and what are they picking up on? Um, you know, overwork. It's, it's just more and more stuff and less and less time. I know with um, one of my student teachers who was a long-term sub, you know, she was pulled a lot for um, substituting during her free plan because, not, not free, but her planning period because of COVID and the flu. And, you know, um, so I think a lot of times they feel overwhelmed. You know, they, they add this to people and this to people and they don't really um, give them the time that they need to kind of reflect and have their planning time that they need. Um, so I think a lot of teachers just feel overwhelmed at times and, um, you know, everybody thinks teaching you, you're, you know, you're finished at three 30, but you're really not. <laughs> Gosh, no. Yeah. Yeah. As many, I can remember every Sunday it was, you know, planning and grading papers, you know, and, um, and just getting ready for the, the next day each evening. So, um, so overwhelmed, um, you know, lots of committees, um, like you said, cell phone with the high school. I've been, I had a high school student teacher and then I, I did the pro two secondary this semester and everywhere I was in, kids had those phones out and, you know, and it, it's hard. It's hard to get them to put them away. Um, and now they all have devices, you know, mm-hmm. but it seems like they, they do, the teachers do a little bit better with those, you know, it's like, hey, close your, you know, close your Chromebooks. And you can kind of see that where, you know, they kind of have the phone underneath the desk or whatever. <laughs> Right, so of course. That being, you know, being in their hand and part of it. So, right. Um, so I think there's just a lot more responsibilities. I think the past 10, 15 years for teachers hmm. uh, of 
expectations of test scores and, you know, those kind of things and not giving them, I think, the training and the, um, the rest sometimes that they need. Hmm. So what is your advice to them then? Like, what do you tell them to do? Because we don't want to scare them off either, do we? Not, we do not. Um, well, for my long-term sub, she had two plans and they took one of those, um, which, you know, as a teacher, you just get one plan, which, you know, but I asked them to not pull her for subbing any longer, you know. So you um, advocated for her? I did, yeah. Good because, for you. Yeah, because she, you know, she Good. really is still a student teacher. She's not, even though she was being a long-term sub. And and they honored that, you know, because she said first, you know, I. Oh, well, well, she doesn't have to. It's like, no, I don't, I don't want her ass right now, you know, because she right. has a lot going on. Good. Um, but, you know, that's also, you know, I, I try to tell that student teacher that's also part of it. You know, I mean, sometimes you can't find subs and you're going to have to cover for some things. But right. I said, you know, to have it as an eye opening, like how is another class taught? And, you know, those kind of things. So especially being in middle grades, they usually have two subjects. So um, and you do have to be a team player and, you know, do some of that. I think sometimes too, it's just, hey, how can I, you know, you have to give student feedback, but do I have to grade every single thing that they turn in, you know? And uh, and I think that that for myself, you know, being math, it was, I got to grade all these problems. No, you don't. You can, you can spot check a few and, you know, so I think as, as you teach, you, you try to kind of pull some things, you know, out that can help save you some time also. Um, I know this student teacher, she had a special ed collaborator. So she, she parallel taught with her, which I think was, was brilliant. So that is, um, yeah. So there are ways to kind of get through some of that, but um, you have to be willing to kind of give, give a little bit too. Absolutely. And it, it is part of it in any job, any job has, has a, but I do think education is, is, there's just feeling, they're feeling so much strain right now. And so a lot of people who are in the system now leading, leading people in their building or leading a district or leading a group, they're wondering what they can do. And, and again, I, I really want to protect those new teachers coming in because they have so much to offer and they, they can turn this thing around. I mean, I think they're the key. And so what kinds of conversations are you having with them when there's, when there's some pushback? Like, I know it's good to say, well, let's be real about it. There's, you got to be a team player. You got to do these things. Is there ever a time you keep hearing something over and over like, I, I really don't want to do this. And, and you feel like there's something else you need to do that, that can help them really see a bigger picture. Some of the bigger school districts, they have a uh, kind of a set lesson plan or plans that the, that the teachers have to use. And I think that pulls from their creativity, you know, especially like, you know, I have always been in awe of elementary teachers because they have to be so creative. And so, you know, you know, we all have to be excited, but um, they just have to be at this level, I think, you know, um, so it's like, you know, you, you can, you have to use what they give you, but you can pull some other things in, you know, um, so I think that was a little frustrating on a couple of new teachers who reached back out because like, well, they, they give me this set curriculum, like that's okay, but know that you could also do this or this, you know, with that. Um, and that's the bigger districts, you know, that, that try to manage, you know, eight different elementary schools and three middle schools and those kind of things. Um, I think sometimes it's, um, um, you know, working with other team members that maybe don't see things the way you see things. But that, yes. like you said earlier, Charlie, that's that's in every job, you know. And so you have to you have to be able to facilitate that and you know value those opinions and but also have your own opinion of things and you know work with people that have a different personality than you do and. You know, and 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 you will see that in your classroom on how your students work together. So, 
if you have that experience yourself, you're better equipped to help those students that struggle with different personalities and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. What about talking with students about their own mental health? Like they clearly are coming into this role. A lot of them have diverse backgrounds where they've had a lot of stuff they're bringing in with them. And sometimes they don't know if they're going to be triggered and they are triggered or they know that there's some mental health issue they're dealing with. How do you speak to them about that? Um, to, to also make sure they get the help that they need. Maybe they need to go to the counselor's office after school and have that discussion about this part is, is bothering me. What can I do for myself? You know, I always joke and say everybody needs a little therapy. And, you know, it, it's true. I mean, you know, talk to family members, talk to, you know, uh, another, get a coworker that you have confidence in and that you can talk to and know that it's not going to go anywhere. Um, just to try to, you know, get that, those feelings kind of out and not having go around in your head all the time. Um, but if there's big things, you know, uh, there's nothing, there's no shame in having some counseling. And, and that might give you, again, other things that you can help with your students. Mm-hmm. I do really wish people understood how important trauma processing is when you get a really good therapist who has some training in trauma processing and how quickly uh, student teachers, when they're when they're struggling and in, in going into the classroom, and I know you said there's a lot of anxiety among your students, some of that is some unprocessed thoughts or, or things that are just kind of stuck. And I I think it's good to normalize it for students to go and, and seek that. Is there any kind of programming like at your college that they can actually go get that service and they don't have to pay for it and it's convenient? Anything like that? Yeah, we do have um, counseling here on campus. It's okay. not completely free, but it's, it's highly discounted. Okay. Um, yeah, so they 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 can do that here. Um, Good. And I remember, you know, having a couple of students uh, when I taught math that, you know, had a mom who was in a mental health facility and uh, made sure that, you know, he got the help that he needed. And uh, but that they do have the counseling services here. Um, they just take a copay instead of, you know, having any kind of charge. So that's really good. Do you think students use it? I know that my one student did, you know, when his, when he was having, because he was taking care of his younger siblings and just a lot of pressure, you know, on him. And um, um, so definitely, I, I definitely have known a couple of students who have used it. Okay. And how else is that anxiety showing up with your students? Because I know, again, you said there's a lot of anxiety right now with them. How else is it showing up? Attendance issues, you know. Um, For your classes? Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, and, and going, going to their placement sometimes. Um, hmm. I think almost like a fear of not being able to do it because they haven't been, you know, uh, we're kind of getting a little bit more toward out of the COVID, you know, students, but um, some of them, they haven't been in a classroom classroom. So um, I don't know that I can do this because I wasn't in a classroom for so many years, you know? Hmm. Um, so some of that, I believe is just a, a little bit of anxiety. Um you know, it's, it's their last semester, you know, I have to do well, if I don't do well, then I'm not going to go forward. And, you know, just, just living up to that hype in their own brains, but also, you know, um, their, their peers and, you know, those kind of things. So it's, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's the end, you know, and just making sure that they've done all that they can do and, and are doing their, their best job because they are teachers, you know, we, ha- we hold ourselves to a higher standard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're rule followers. So, right, right. 
Right. But it's interesting that you say they're not showing up to their placements. Okay. What happens when they don't show up to their placement? I mean, I know the pattern has to be set, but that's a pretty big deal that they're just avoiding completely. And we don't have a lot of that, but we, we've had a few and mm. uh, they ha- you know, they have to have so many days or they cannot graduate. You know, the state says you have to have this many days um, in student teaching. And so it's just, you know, their university supervisor, you know, contacting them. Sometimes I have to contact them and say, you know, this isn't going to work. I have one that's finishing up some extra days right now. Hmm. She had some, you know, she had some issues. So, yeah. Are you seeing that more so now? I know this is a newer role for you, but you've been in education for a long time. Is this a newer thing for you for student teachers not to be showing up to their placements? Um, I've had a few. I, I, this is my fourth semester placing students, and, and I've had a few each semester that barely met that, or a few that had to stay a few days later because they, we're missing because of being sick, you know, and I think some of it is just anxiety of, you know, having to go there and perform sometimes and mm-hmm. not knowing if I, if they can do it right. Yeah, it must be frustrating, especially because you know that the more they actually get there, the better it will be for them, right? <laughs> They'll gain that confidence. Yeah, and, and now in students, your, your students are your best cheerleaders. You know, so if you're not feeling the best in that morning, you get there and those students high five you when you come in and, you know, they are your best cheerleaders. So they they will cheer you up for sure. (laughs) Right. I just can't imagine because there was no way I ever even crossed my mind to even be able to miss a placement. Mm -hmm. So I know that's a generational thing. I think part of the problem is a lot of people have trouble being uncomfortable and they don't know what to do with it. And again, that goes back to, well, sometimes when we're ill-equipped or we don't feel like we have something that we can do about it, we either do nothing and avoid or do something else that we were trying to do before. And that's just not working. And then you get frustrated and step out of it. Right. And I'll say, Charlie, most of them are wonderful. They, of course, they want to do extra because they, they love it. They don't want to leave yeah. their students which that's a true teacher with you, you own those little kids now, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. They're your kids. <laughs> They're right. your kids. Well, that's right. And, and you're right. And we don't want to focus on the negativity. Let's talk about um, what they're excited about when they're going into those classrooms. What are they, what do you hear that they're mostly excited about? The, the number one thing is they're excited to be there every day because they're pro one or they're pro two. Mm-hmm. They're just there two days a week. We okay. did change it this semester that they were there two days in a row. So at least they could see a lesson and then see the follow-up for the lesson. Uh, but they're excited to be there every single day. They're excited to teach, you know, just to be there and teach all day long and just um, make a difference in in those kids. They have great ideas and exciting ideas to, you know, to help those students learn. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm amazed every time by some of the lessons that they've done. Um, I went, we had two students who were in honors and they uh, had to do a capstone. So I went to watch those and one of them did one about the Titanic and gave the kids the cards and, you know, she was middle grades and, and um, just how, how fun that was. And she talked about, you know, how much the kids enjoyed it. And, you know, they just, they had just have really good ideas and not just the lecture talking mouth. They have interactive things and, you know, they do stations and groups. And Mm. so they really have good ideas. I met with some three students last week who were doing long-term subs and they, loved it because they could do their own philosophy of what they wanted their classroom management to look like. And so they were getting started the semester early and really enjoy being able to have their own ideas and see those, you know, brought forth. So. That's awesome. I mean, there's so many seasoned teachers who could really use that energy, right? And I can imagine if 
people are hiring and they see somebody who's been in it for a while and being pretty negative. And we, we do want to protect our teachers, but then you've got somebody who's eager to be in there and teach and has all that energy to bring into a system that feels like it's kind of crumbling a little bit, right? It seems like these, we've got to keep them in there and, and energize maybe the rest of the staff. I don't know. What are your thoughts around how we can utilize that for a better education system? Well, and too, I've gotten a few emails from the from the cooperating teachers saying, I want another one, <laughs> you know, oh, like this one so much. And so I love that because, you know, we want them in good placements and, you know, and and uh, so I've got a few emails from cooperating teachers saying, I'll take another one, you know, and I, myself, I had um, elementary and I had a um, a teacher who was her first time having a student teacher. I'm like, man, I'm going to tap you all the time. She was wonderful. It was a third grade math class. And on her wall, she had we can do hard things. Oh, I love that because, you know, yeah, because kids need to know that sometimes things are hard, but you can push through it and you can learn that. And uh, I love that with her and, and the kids loved her. She would just, you know, when we would walk the hall to like, go talk about stuff, all the kids would go by and would hug her and she would hug them. And, um, you know, she was really, really good. So I think she energized, you know, our student teacher, you know, and vice, vice versa, but Oh my gosh. That's great. Um, It is great. I mean, we have great cooperating teachers and, and, uh, but I think our students do go, this is some new stuff, you know, that we're, we're learning. And I know there's been a lot of, um, technology, you know, with, uh, Pear Deck and, you know, presentations and, you know, some bells and whistles, but that's what these kids these days like. And so I think sometimes they, our students have taught those, those teachers, you know, some bells and whistles. So. Right. Yeah, they do. They bring the bells and whistles. That's right. That some of us who have just get a little stagnant, we need that. Oh my goodness. Right. I'm so glad you said that because they do. There's so much that we can feed off of them and really make some improvement in just the whole feel of the culture of the school and the school district. So I'm so grateful you said that, Joetta. All right. So if you had something to close with, if you're looking at the future of education and you, you do, you got, you kind of have the power you're working with kids or students, sorry, who are going to be working with kids. So if funding was unlimited, if scheduling was abundant, you know, you had lots of time, what would you suggest that these students get in their learning experience? I would love to have, um, we have some embedded programs. We have one in middle, in middle school and in elementary. I'd love to have one in secondary because they learn things in the classroom and they go right out and do it. And I think that's fabulous. Oh, wow. What? Yeah. Sorry, they learn it like in your classroom and then they take a project they've learned and implement it? Or tell me they, about that. Yeah, they, they actually are in a school. So we have embedded wow. programs. So we have a, a set of elementary pro ones that are in a school. So they, they have a classroom, an NKU classroom in those schools. Um, we have one for middle grades. And so they are in their, their classroom in that school. They talk about something and then they go right out to the classrooms. Oh my gosh, that's so smart. Yes, yeah, so good, so good. And, and our staff here, our faculty and staff here are amazing working with our students and and um, just making sure that they're on that cutting edge and that they are, you know, learning the things. They really hold the bar high. Um, I would love to get some of the mental health stuff in some of those earlier classes mm-hmm. um, just so they, they are, again, learning about that and thinking about that through lots of things and not just hitting that at a seminar for student teaching, you know. Right, um, right. Because they could learn a lot about 
how the brain works at the different ages, right? The different stages, even pre-K all the way up to high school. I mean, that brain, we have so much information and it shows up in so many different ways. We have all that new information. So it sounds like they, they do need to address that. It sounds like we're trying, right? We're, yes. we're doing some things. Yes, That's good. Yeah. Good. Love it. So if anybody would like to reach out to you to get some ideas, can they do that? Sure. Absolutely. How can they do that? Uh, my email is browning, B-R-O-W-N-I-N-G-J-O at N-K-U That is awesome. Thank you so much for being here. It's so valuable to hear your voice. It really is. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. I appreciate the invite. Great. All right, everybody. If you know somebody that would benefit from hearing this conversation, please share it with them and you know, review the reps, the website, the episode and give it five stars. Cause Dr. Browning really is super helpful. So I want to make sure people see this and hear this and thank you so much for your support. Keep uh, improving mental health in your school and district. Thank you all so very much.